Thanks for tuning in to our Cypress Church podcast. To learn more about our church, visit our website at cypresschurch.net and join us for our Sunday morning services at 9 and 11 a.m. Subscribe on iTunes for more. Ah, yes. Happy Mother's Day, moms and surrogate moms and uh, and to your mom. Happy Mother's Day. You know, I was reading a um, uh, survey uh, that was done by the Barna Group. Uh, they're a group that does a lot of different surveying of, of all different kinds. And they uh, their studies show that mom has some of the greatest power of influence of all. Uh, really, she is ranked high up there, and the people that influence our lives, mom, is really very close to the top. Uh, in, and maybe even some of the reason that you're here this morning is because of the power and influence of mom. But uh, uh, mom has an enduring impact on our lives, specifically in the area of conversations. We learn a lot about conversations because of our mom, and, and we have conversations uh, with her a lot. Also, mom helps us feel connected in that way and, uh, and guiding in the area of discipline, but also indefinitely in the area of spiritual development. Mom leads out in that way. So, wow. Thank you, mom. Uh, we appreciate that, and welcome this morning. My name is Mike. One of the pastors here, and if you're on our online community, welcome. We're glad that you've chosen to join us. Matter of fact, that community is continuing to grow, which is very interesting. But um, we all have or had a mom, and though this day brings a full bouquet of emotions, there is much we can learn from those godly moms in our lives, as Barna just talked about, the way that they've influenced us and shown us life and, and encouraged us. Many, uh, and for many moms, or for, and for many of all of us, we have an incredible example of how, God, of how to live life God's way. And actually, we've been talking about that in our, our series on Sunday mornings. We've been going through the Bible book of Romans, and we're now at a place in this study where the Apostle Paul is now talking about our li- how our lives should look, what they should look like as followers of Jesus. We should be listening to the Spirit, having minds that set on the Spirit and the Holy Spirit. And honestly, we need examples. Uh, actually, Paul lists a number of examples uh, in, in the Scriptures, uh, right in the back part of that last part of Romans. And I, if you have a Bible, you can turn there, but if, I'll turn there for you and just kind of list that off for you. It's very interesting. Um, Romans uh, chapter 16, verse 1, Paul is is, is sharing some people who he feel that are great examples to us. Now, when everybody makes a list, and especially in, in, in Greek writing, the first is very important. And here, Paul lists two women first in this. Uh, the, the first one is, is, is a, you'll see her name in a second. I commend you, verse 1 of chapter 16, uh, to our sister. And it sounds like, it looks like Phoebe, but it's probably more pronounced in the Greek, phoebe, uh, a servant of the church at uh, Centria, that you may welcome her in the Lord in a way worthy of the saints and help her in whatever she may need from you, for she has been a patron of many and of myself. So that's the first woman he mentions. The second one is, is, is close to it. I greet Priscilla and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ, who risked their necks for my life, to whom not only do I give thanks, but all the churches of the Gentiles give thanks as well. Phoebe was most likely the one who actually took this letter of that Paul wrote to the Roman church, we call Romans, actually hand-carried it to Rome from where they were and, uh, and, and presented it to the church there. 
uh, as an example, but she was an example of a servant to follow in her steps. Uh, Priscilla and Aquila, both deep friends of Paul. Aquila, Priscilla wife, Aquila the husband. Uh, Aquila was a fellow tent maker along with Paul. Uh, Paul was uh, had a business that he to get money for his all of his missionary travels, and he used at literally making tents, sewing together tents and making them. And Priscilla um, was a leader in the church. The fact that she is mentioned first before Aquila is very significant. And though they both took risks in serving God, Priscilla was the one that we all should follow in her steps. Now, being Paul mentions women first is in this greeting is also significant as there is much we can learn from women and men. But being today is Mother's Day, it seems appropriate to highlight the, some notable women who challenge us to live and love God like her following in her footsteps. Now, I'm sure that uh, there is a lot of issues that surround moms or any parents. Uh, we're not perfect. Uh, yes, some have been through some horrific things in their relationship with their mom, hurt deeply, and we wear that pain. And, and yes, society can also be very cruel, feeding that negative bias that we all have, saying uh, things that where we're tempted to think that we are less if we are not a mom or not a dad. And that is truly sad because we are all called to be loving and, and caring and kind. Romans 12 actually speaks to that. We'll talk about that in a couple of weeks but God knows our pains and, and our hurts and amazingly supplies what we need because we need good, godly examples to follow. I know of a person who um, had a not-so-great relationship with his mom. Uh, she had had a lot of pain in her life, and because of that pain, had made some choices to be a little bit harsh and uh, some would say mean and very manipulative and that brought on a lot of baggage with this certain son. And, and yet God provided a wonderful, godly woman for him to look up to. And, uh, and, and that was a wonderful thing as well. I know of a young man who lost his mother. And God provided uh, an amazing, godly mom in another woman so that he could have an example to follow and to follow in her footsteps. See, God does that because we need those kind of people, we need those kinds of moms in our lives. You know, Barna didn't just make this up that moms have an influence. The truth is moms do. And godly women who take the place of mom in our lives have a great influence in our lives. And we would do well to, to live and love like her following in her steps. It makes me wonder, uh, who are we, who could we mentor and also, who could we look to to follow in her steps? Well, there was a young pastor, amazing pastor. His name is Timothy. He was a young leader the Apostle Paul was mentoring. And we have actually some of Paul's coaching notes found in the Bible book of First and Second Timothy. And in Second Timothy chapter 1, verses 5 to 7, we see Paul encouraging Timothy uh, as he mentor, as he mentions some important women in Timothy's life, challenging Timothy and really all of us to live and love God like her, following in her steps, giving us three actions to follow 
in our steps. And we're going to unpack those out of uh, 2 Timothy. But before we do that, if you wouldn't mind setting aside your books and, and, that, and, and standing up, and let's just pray and ask God to, to challenge us. And I'm, I'm glad you're here on this Mother's Day. Uh, it's a great day to be in church and a great day to be challenged from God's Word. And I have a surprise for you. So, Father God, thank you uh, for today. Thanks for the opportunity opportunity to be able to learn from your word and to learn from godly women, and I pray that you would encourage us this moment, and may we walk out of here gaining something today, and some good bit of wisdom and some good insights and maybe even a challenge or two. So use this time, we pray, and bless it uh, in our life. Holy Spirit, do your work, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You can have a seat, and I'd encourage you to take out of your uh, worship folder that Victor mentioned. There's that uh, card that's in there. There's an outline uh, in there. Uh, Take some notes, and you'll impress mom if you do. And uh, there's some blanks to fill in. The answers will be up on the screen. I also encourage you, at the end of the service, out in the lobby area, there's this uh, um, study guide that's available. It has some more questions to go through. Many of our life groups, our, our, our small groups, go through these as their curriculum for questions. And then the back is all the answers to the fill in the blanks that are there. So I encourage you to, to look those over and I challenge you with that. Well, the surprise is, is that, I, you know, I know it's, it, I could speak on Mother's Day, but I'd rather you hear from some moms. And so I have asked the two uh, important moms in my life uh, to come up and to help me. And so I've asked my wife, Christy, and my daughter, Jessica. They're going to come up and join me right now. And so I welcome them. And uh, <clears throat> yeah, grab your microphones. Uh, this is Christy McKay, uh, my wife, and a wonderful mom of three. Uh, each of our, our kids are now married, and uh, they have their own kids. And... Uh, Christy is uh, in Swedish. It, uh, she's called Mormor, which is mother's mother, and so that's what she's. That's what all of our kids, our grandkids, call her Mormor. Uh, she's not supposed to be called Mormor from my son's kids because that would be father's mother or far more. But she didn't like that because she didn't like the sound of it. So I'm not sure why, but it, <clears throat> she's supposed to Mormor. Yeah, it's too complicated. Mormor is really easy, and actually, kids say that first. So you know. And then Jessica is over here, Jessica Almaranez. Jessica married Jericho. Jericho was here before, uh, uh, but he took the kids over to our house to get ready for lunch. But um, Jessica is a mom of two, and uh, Moses and Nehemiah, and she actually has one on the way, so she's pregnant. Uh, and, uh, and Jessica is not just a mom to these two. She's got a unique job where uh, she is a uh, public health nurse, to uh, the homeless in Orange County, right here in Orange County, and she is like a mom to them. As a matter of fact, some of them really depend upon her like a mom. Some have some uh, mental health issues, and so she's able to help them and walk with them and encourage them and get them the treatment they need, and she advocates for them like a mom does. Christy's also a mom not only to our, our kids and our grandkids, but she also is a public school teacher. She teaches kindergarten, and she is a mom to 20-some uh, kindergartners every year and their parents. Uh, nowadays, she's being asked uh, lots of questions. Well, how do you handle this? Because she has a lot of first-time moms and the first time in school and trying to help them out. So these are our, our two moms that are going to help us today. And, you know, one of the, the things is that uh, um, I wanted to hit today was we have three actions to follow in her steps. And, and they all come out of um, <clears throat> the Bible book of Second Timothy. And so if you have a Bible with you if you want to open it to 2 Timothy. If you don't have a Bible, our ushers are grabbing a stack of Bibles. They're walking down the aisle. If you want to borrow a Bible, just wave at them, and uh, they'll be happy to give you a loan, or you can turn over to 2 Timothy. 
chapter 5, and, and so I encourage you to do that, to, to take your Bible and turn over to 2 Corinthians, excuse me, 2 Timothy, uh, chapter five, chapter 1, sorry, I'm all over the place here, verse, chapter 1, verse 5. Did I, did I get that right? Yeah, okay. But uh, three actions to follow in her steps, to live and love like her, following in her steps. Uh, the first action is to gain a sincere faith. Verse 5 of 2 Timothy chapter 1 says this. For I'm reminded of your, this is Paul talking to Timothy. I'm reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelled in first your grandmother, Lois, and your mother, Eunice, and now in you, I'm sure, dwells into this, this faith. And so this is, this is Paul writing to these uh, 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 writing to Timothy, telling him, look, I see what happened in your grandmother and in your mother, and now I'm seeing it in you. And obviously, these women had lived out their faith in such a way that Timothy caught it. He not only saw it, but he took it as part of our life. So I'd like to ask you, ladies, uh, first of all, I'll start with you, Christy. What, um, what did you learn from your mom or other spiritual parents, other moms that you had seen, and how did you see it, and then how did you catch it? From my own mom, um, she passed away just a little over a year ago. She was 94 years old, and she was um, a very sincere, kind, hospitable, faith-filled woman, Woman, um, but she didn't talk about her faith very much to me at all. She lived it out. She took us to church all the time, but she just wasn't very verbal about it. But her and my dad did take us to church constantly. Yes, go to camp. Yes, go to that event. And yes, come to church with us all the time. And because of that, um, just being surrounded by so many people, young and old, with authentic faith that I started to see and want to emulate. And I just, I wanted it because it was important for from my mom to bring me there. I knew that, at least. And um during junior high and high school particularly, I had some youth leaders that were very faithful to show up for me, even when I was not a very pleasant, I was kind of a brat for a while. No. <laughs> um, I know, it's crazy to think about. Unbelievable. <laughs> um, but they oh, showed up for me stories. week after week after week and were so um, willing to invest in my life and show me their authentic faith. And... Um, I, I saw their love for God and wanted it. Jess, what about you? Um, for any of you who've had the pleasure of getting to know my mom, which I know many of you probably have, um, she was an amazing example of um, having a deep faith and reliance on God. And um, she exemplified that to me in every aspect of, of her life growing up just by showing us. So I have lots of memories of her waking up early, reading her Bible, singing worship songs to us, praying um, for us, with us, helping us um, through moments by using scripture and God's word. And then just kind of like her mom did, she continued to take me and my siblings to church and taught us the importance of Christian community and um, being in community with others. And the fact that her and my dad did that allowed us to have other spiritual mentors, which 
me growing up in this church are actually a lot of you um, who spoke into my life at moments where maybe I wasn't quite as um, apt to listen to my mom, you know, when I'm a moody teenager or when I'm having a hard moment. And so she put me in environments where even if she wasn't going to be able to directly speak faith into my life, others would. So, so with that, Jess, um, when, did, <clears throat> when did your faith become your own? At a very young age, um, I made a decision to have my faith become my own because my parents and my mom specifically had decided to teach me the importance of church um, and teach me the importance of Christian communities. So, you know, I was in Sunday school. I was in Awanas. I was in all these programs where I was watching how God worked and seeing him work in lives around me, older, younger, um, my same age. And I was able to see how real God was and how his spirit worked in people. And really early, I made a commitment that I wanted God to be Lord of my life. And I wanted to take that faith on as my own. And then continuing in the church and continuing in that Christian community, I continued to learn what that looked like. Yeah, now, now with... Um you came to faith, you're growing in your faith. Now it's it's time to pass that faith along. And Christy, why don't you talk about a little bit about how you, um, you know, you just heard from Jessica how she, you know, heard your faith. But what were there some things that you purposely did to pass faith along or how did that work? Well, I, we both of us really certainly prayed for them all the time. I, it was just my hugest desire that, I mean, this is my life. My faith is, I, I believe with my whole heart. I am a Christ follower, and I, want, I wanted that for my kids more than anything. So we just prayed very fervently about that, and we're very purposeful about, like Jessica said, um, putting them in an environment with not just only us, but that they would see authentic faith and real Christ followers everywhere they went. So there was that, and then... Maybe just, um, I think if I was learning something about God or from God's word, or if they saw me going through a difficult time, hopefully they, hopefully they saw me um, seeking God with that. And I think it's easy to tell your kids about something, um, but for them to see it in you, uh, we just really wanted it to be authentic. I think there's this, um, scary thing about pastors' kids sometimes maybe <laughs> being a little bit rebellious or they get a little too much church or I don't know maybe that's a myth but um, we really wanted our faith to come to them in an authentic way and see us live it out authentically if I was struggling with something then I would tell them about it and hey pray with me for this and here's what God's word says about this you're struggling with something so here's what God's word says about that and so that they could apply um, very real things about following Christ in their life. Jesse, anything, add anything more to that about passing your faith on to your family? Yeah, this is a, just a little bit about, to piggyback off what my mom said, they used scripture a lot. They spoke scripture over our lives constantly. And sometimes in ways we didn't even know. Like there are times where I've been reading the Bible and I'm like, oh, my mom says that to me all the time, not knowing it was a Bible verse, but she had just been speaking truth over me um, throughout my whole life. And that's something um, that they just did kind of naturally. They integrated scriptural truths into their advice to us and into 
um, when we were struggling or into our daily lives, and that was really amazing. And that's something that I've tried to do. I've prayed over my my kids, and I pray over them constantly, and I try to speak scripture to them and and teach them how to serve and grow and serve alongside even my kids. I think um, one of the things my family's done recently is we've I've started having my kids help me serve in certain areas, and my kids are young, so that's interesting. Um, but we take them to the church early to help set up with us, and it may take five hours longer than you think it would, but it's important to start teaching them how to serve with us too. Absolutely. What about what about at, at your work? I mean, you're not in a church at work, um, and you're just you're, but yet you've got this. Uh, faith that you want to pass on how do you do that in your job yeah my job's an interesting one um in some ways it's super easy to pass faith on because like my dad said I'm working with the homeless and what a ministry and what an awesome opportunity just to get to to serve and love on a community that's often outcast um that's the gospel right there like it's a really amazing privilege to be able to do that but the unique challenge is that um I work for the government, so I'm not always able to be real upfront about about faith conversations and God conversations. But one of the things that I've learned, um, just kind of through doing this a while, is that you, if you're truly um, following God's calling, not only does He equip you, but He gives you these beautiful moments. Um, you're trying to be the hands and feet of Jesus and love people like Jesus would. And people ask questions about that because that's not a normal way that, that some people are treated. And so I often get questions without even um, prompting a spiritual conversation because I'm really trying to live and love people the way that Jesus would. Yeah. And Christy, I know it's somewhat similar to you. What would you add? Yes, also a government employee working in the public school system and also having to be a little bit careful about um, what I would say boldly to children and their families, but what I, I try to live um, in a joyful, encouraging, um, loving way to kids and their families, and um, just greeting them with a smile every day. I just keep thinking sometimes, how would Jesus treat these little children? And hopefully, not all the time, I'm not perfect at all. <laughs> but um, hopefully they see Jesus in me. And I think um, in addition to the children and families of my job, there's colleagues that, and uh, and the families too, but I, I was saying in the first service, somehow on the first day of school, I have several people come up to me and say, I hear your husband's a pastor. And I think, how do you even know that? How do you hear that? News gets around. But um, because of that, it just opens up all these doors. People come to me and say, hey, could you pray for me about this? Or some of my colleagues might say, what does your husband say about this? <laughs> and I'll say, well, actually, sometimes, you know, he might say it, but God's word might say also. And so I have chances to uh, speak about God's word to my colleagues. And because Mike is the only pastor that many of my colleagues know, um, he has done weddings for them and funerals for some of my colleagues and for their parents. And, um, yeah, he's like the resident pastor at, at our little public school here in Cypress. <laughs> so um, because of that, God has given me opportunities also to speak with them about the Lord and um, Scripture and to be an encouragement and pray for them. You, you can see their 
their sincere faith that was passed on and through not only their their <clears throat> their mom but also uh, others that God had placed in their life and one of the th- aspects I don't know if you if you felt it coming through but it it they put themselves in a place where they were willing to learn mm. and open to being taught you know it'd be easy to say well I got all the answers but yet here's here's a great stance if we want to have that sincere faith maybe we don't always have all the answers and and not only that it's 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 <clears throat> finding um being available to others and 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 kind of putting ourselves where we're mentoring being mentored by others and others are and and and, and helping others as well uh, you know we we may be and this is a little bit daunting to hear we may be the only jesus people see mm-hmm. and um it, it it is daunting because now, you know, it's like we're accountable for our actions, but but we don't have to be perfect, but um, we all need to love people like Jesus would love people, and, and the challenge is there to live and love God like her and follow her examples, and, and, and you can see some of the ways that God has used these two in there. This, the next action to follow her example in is to ignite uh, God's gift uh, in you, if you if you have your Bible and you're right there in in uh, in uh, um, uh, Second Timothy chapter one verse uh, six, now for this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of ha- of my hands. And and Timothy had some amazing gifts in preaching and teaching and and gathering people together, uh, but but God has given you a, a gift. Now we're going to hit uh, this topic in Romans chapter 12, when we hit that in a, in a few weeks, it talks about our gifting. But God has given us all abilities. He's given us talents. He's given us gifting to develop and to use to interact with others in uh, in fulfilling God's purposes and, and, and calling attention to Jesus. And now I've watched, and I've watched these two uh, for a long time, and they have very unique and amazing abilities. Some are very similar. They both... Um, they both have an incredible gift of mercy. I mean, they make Mother Teresa look like she's standoffish. I mean, uh, they, uh, you know, Christy will, uh, she will, some of you will share some with her, and, she's, and then she's, got, she's lost the whole day, you know, because she's just so hurt by it and just takes it in and feels with you. And Jessica, one time, we were out to lunch somewhere in the afternoon. She had a, a moment break, and all of a sudden, we're coming off of the freeway, and she goes, Dad, pull over! I'm going, what? Pull over, pull over. And and she sees a a homeless pregnant woman walking away. And she goes, Dad, I got to help her. What if she has this baby? And she just goes off. And unfortunately, the the, the lady ducked under a fence where we couldn't get to her and and, uh, and things like that. But these two just uh, ooze mercy and uh, and that. And and they both uh, both have the gifts of encouragement. Uh, Christy has some amazing wisdom and and Jess has an amazing amazing connector I mean ever since she was a little girl she was always connecting people you know the children's ministry person would find Jessica and say Jessica uh, Kate feels left out why don't you go help her and, and boy Jessica boom on to Kate Kate became her best friend you know and it, it just it just Jessica was like that just a great connector and I could go on but uh, but um, how do you um, how, how, well, how are you seeking to pursue God's gifting and and did you just know, or how are you discovering what God has given you to use? You want to start, Jess? Yeah, thankfully, um, 
I had amazing parents who called out ways that they saw God working in my life. And so part of me discovering some of the things that God had uniquely gifted me to do or, or ways that he worked in my life, um, my parents were constantly speaking that over me and calling it out. I know my dad um, is saying, oh, I, I see that Jessica's a connector, and he would speak that into me. And then that would encourage me to then go and serve in some area. And in different stages of my life, that's looked different. But in serving and trying to start to use that gift that somebody called out in me, I started to realize things that my heart tended towards or areas where I kind of went, oh, maybe I am kind of good at doing that. And so in the church, you know, at a young age, I started serving in a children's ministry and then in a youth ministry and then in a young adult ministry. And it it just, it was through serving that God kind of and the Holy Spirit fine-tuned that and kind of built my heart in, in different ways to be um, gifted towards other things as well. For me, it was a little bit more trial and error. I didn't have any idea what my gifts were or abilities were even. Sometimes I just didn't think I had any. Um, but as I was growing, I had a very strong sense of the Holy Spirit often nudging me to, you know, go talk to that person. They're about to cry or something. and Or that person is having trouble with that. Just I, I would feel this nudging and then, go talk to them and think, oh, wow, it was, God was right. <laughs> I should have done that. And so I felt a sense of God using me in that. And then as far as um, teaching children was concerned, I had no interest in that at all. Um, my dad just told me, go to college. And so I thought, okay. And I had no idea what I wanted to do. I had, it took me three years to come up with a major and I, I really didn't have any inkling at all. And finally graduated, I thought, well, I'll just be a teacher. That sounds like a good thing to do. And then I was for two, three years, and then we had our children, and I took 12 years off. And then I went back to teaching. So right by that time, I'm about 37, 38 years old and went back into the classroom. And about the second year after going back is when I thought, wow, this is my passion. I want to be here. I, This is... I'm good at this, and God really uses me in these children's lives and in these families' lives, and to be in a public school system, I really developed a passion, and, you know, that was only, like, last year. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I'm way older than that. <laughs> no, but so it was really late in life, it, you know, whereas Jessica had these senses of who she was when she was four. It took me a long time, but at the same time, I still feel like God is using me, and it's a good thing to know that he has gifted me and has given me a passion, and when I act on it, it, it brings me joy, so it's right. good. Now, both of you, you, you are gifted in your areas, and you're using them not only in the church, but you're also using them in your uh, occupations and your jobs. Uh, how, how in the world do you find time to do it all? I mean, you're both wives, you're both mothers, you're, you're, you've got all these responsibilities, all these things. How do you manage? And I mean, not just go, you know, flop yourself down and just say, I can't. I mean, you're b both very active. How do you find that balance? My mom and I were talking about this question before, and we've decided that balance is a myth. <laughs> so the Completely. way the way that our culture describes balance, we think that doesn't exist. And so um, we really can't do it all. And that's the truth. We can't be 100% present 
as a mom and a wife and 100% present in our career because every time we do one thing, we're saying no to another. And so um, balance in the traditional sense that we think of it, I don't think really exists, to be honest. And I don't think I always do balance or I don't even know what to call it very well in my life because it's, it's always difficult. But some of the things that um, God has given me or the Holy Spirit, I feel like, has revealed to me is that I have to prioritize my primary calling. So my first calling is always a daughter of the king, a daughter of God. I'm a child of God, and that is my primary calling in life. And second to that is that I'm a wife and a mother, and that is also a calling of mine. And third to that is I'm a nurse. And um, those things are all wonderful things to be, and sometimes I have to prioritize different aspects of that. I have to go to work. I have to earn money, and that is a way that I can provide for my family but that's also a wonderful opportunity to minister to God's people in a different way. And so I try to prioritize what my primary calling is, but then also be present where I'm at. Thank you. What would you yeah, add, Christine? I'd say so much, definitely. There's so many times when I think that we think that balance looks like your life is perfectly aligned and tied up in this neat little bow and, you know, all the plates are spinning and nothing's going to fall. And the reality is, if I'm doing one thing well, I'm doing another thing not well. You know, I'm failing at one thing if I'm doing one thing well is how I usually end up feeling. Um, but there's a, there's a life verse I have that really relates to this because my lack of balance is usually, or my feeling unrest in all the different things I'm doing is because I'm trying to please everybody. And make everybody happy. And I know not everybody has that as an issue, but I really am kind of obsessed with that sometimes, wrongly. <laughs> and in Galatians 1.10, it says, um, For am I now seeking the approval of men or of God? Or am I still striving to please men? For if I were still striving to please men, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. And a bondservant of Christ is someone, like Jessica was saying, who has... You know, I'm serving this master alone. I'm not trying to make everybody else happy or even, you know, seek anything else in my life. Like she was saying about priorities, he is my top priority. And when I do seek to please him only, um, that's when peace and balance come in my life. And I'd rather say peace than balance. Um, and it doesn't have anything to do with my circumstances or how I feel about all I have to do in one day. It's it's just my focus is on him, and it's very freeing. And yeah. um, I'm going to add something to that. The Holy Spirit guides, leads and guides us in what we're supposed to do and, and what our day is supposed to look like. And um, I think it was Elizabeth Elliot who said, be here now. And I half like that statement, and I half hate it, because if I'm at work, I don't want to be at work. I want to think about my babies and be with my kids, and that's a struggle for me, and that's a constant struggle. But I have to remind myself that, the Lord has me at work, and if he wanted to change my circumstances, he would provide other ways for that to happen. But in this moment, he has me here at work, and I need to be doing his work while I'm present there. So that's kind of a mantra that I've started to say is, is be here now and to trust the Holy Spirit and to trust where God's called me and put me so that I can be doing 
the right things in the right moments. And I have a, about an hour when I get home from work with my kids before they go to bed. And I want to be there now, soaking that time up and, and allowing God to speak through me and mother my children in the right way in that hour. <laughs> yeah. It's so important. You want yeah, I was also going to say, I think some, there are some times, not every time, but when I feel like I'm going to crack or something, God just provides an extra hour somewhere or he has something be canceled or, you know, maybe I get sick or something and I can't go to work that day and then I can actually rest and relax. It's not all the time, but he does provide exactly what we need um, in the moment that we need it to do what he's called us right. to do. So. And he does because he, he's, he's gifted us. He's <clears throat> given us these talented abilities he, and, his, and his passion is he wants, his passion for us is he wants them to be used. And, you know, so we need to figure out as good stewards of that to how to do that because as First Corinthians twelve seven says, to each is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good. So we're going to talk about this more when we talk about spiritual gifts, but we are to ignite those gifts by trying something, just like what they, uh, what Christy was talking about, to, to have that inkling. If you have that inkling to start something, find a place to volunteer. Yeah, it does take time. It really does. But, but what we gain is exponentially more in that because we gain energy, we gain joy, and we, we gain more. And there's all kinds of examples or ways that we can get involved. I mean, like right even in our church here, if you're looking for a place to try out, uh, we have a, our summer day camp for kids called VBS, Vacation Bible School. Great opportunity to jump in and try something. It's for only for a week, and it takes a little bit of time. You can do it, fit it around your schedule if you can, and, and, and that. But there's ways we can be involved in our neighborhoods and be using some gifts and abilities there. And we have some great community events that we as a church do to serve this local community of Cyprus. There's a, a new event coming up on the 3rd of July. You're going to hear more about that a little bit later uh, in the next couple of weeks. And then at the end of July, we have, there's a Cyprus Festival, which we help out. Our church helped at the, at the Cyprus Acon. There's all kinds of ways that we can be involved in, and, and get involved in to use the gifts and abilities that God has given us to ignite that flame. Well, the, <clears throat> one more action to follow her example is to be brave. And First uh, Timothy, excuse me, Second Timothy chapter 1, uh, verse 7 says this, for God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. And so th the word fear here means more of a, a, a timidity or a cowardice, that God hasn't given us a spirit that way, to be timid or to be cowardly. God has given us a, a tendency and, and a, an ability to be brave, and, and it's, it's part of who we are. And so the, the challenge here is to be the brave person God created us to be, to gain that power to live through the Holy Spirit, like these two ladies have been talking about, that to really uh, uh, tap into that power of God, to connect to his power, to move on, so that we can love like Jesus. And yeah, it takes self-control. All qualities that the Spirit does grow in us. Galatians 5, 22 and 23, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. That's one of the aspects the Holy Spirit builds into you as you draw deep into Him. And so um, let me ask you, how did, what is it that inspires you to be brave? Uh, you both have jobs where, I mean, you know, Jessica, sometimes yours is like, you know, you're afraid for your life. Uh, but uh, uh, what, sometimes, Christy, you with some of the ways those, those kindergartners can be, I'm sure. Yeah. 
But, but, what, but what is it that inspires you to be brave? The biggest thing um, is God's faithfulness because over the years of our long lives, <laughs> um, I've seen him come through for me. He has shown up and provided, and um, he's fulfilled his promises, and I can count on that. So anything that he asks me to endure or um, that might be difficult for me or something that is not comfortable to me, I can be brave about it because if he's called me to do it, then he's going to provide the way for me to do it because I've seen him do it before. And um, just additionally, I think a lot of times to be in a place where you have to be brave and not afraid is good because when you feel weak, um, then it's not yourself doing it. And it's not me doing anything that he's called me to do. It's him in me. And when I'm weak, then I'm strong because of the power of the Holy Spirit in me. Amen. And so just that makes me brave sometimes. Jess? <laughs> Well, and I think that's perfect because whatever God calls us to, he equips us to do. And the Holy Spirit is working in our lives and equipping us to do those things through him, through his power. And often when I find myself afraid or timid, it's actually because I'm shifting my focus and my reliance to something that I is in me or something of my own strength. And our main identity is that we are children of God. And through that identity in Christ and through laying down our lives and letting the Holy Spirit and God empower us, we have the authority of Christ and um, his authority and his power. He says that time and time again in scriptures. You are my children. You have my authority. And that leaves no room for fear because we know then that he's equipped us and that he's given us exactly what we need for that role or that moment. And that's really what God asks of us is that when we do feel those times, because we will feel them, when we do feel uh, timid, we do want to back down in a little bit of a cowardly way, but yet we're not to, to, to run or to hide, but to bravely tap into God's power and to love and to love bravely, uh, to love when it's not convenient, even when it involves sacrifice. And I could tell you story after story about each of these women and how they have I've seen that. And they are truly an example to me about how to bravely move forward. They have done such an incredible uh, it's been a critical example to me in that, and, and, and they're, they're, they're great to follow them, uh, and that can, for me, it's to live and to love like them and to follow in their footsteps in that way. So, so we're to be brave and to care for others as well. We're to cultivate that quality of the spirit of self-control for all that God asks us to do, the, the, the gifts and the abilities, and, and he's asking us, requires that, that idea of self-control uh, to control and, and find balance or peace, however you want to mention that, to, to in focusing on self and then yet what God has also called us and gifted us to do. And everything in our world teaches us, um, unfortunately, and coaches us to be self-serving and self-obsessed and self-driven and actually self-ish. And, and, and it takes much, much self-control to be selfless, uh, selfless enough to care for others, expecting nothing in return, uh, to give sacrificially, 
to give up me time to help people and to help others and to think more about others than for ourselves. It's difficult, but actually Jesus says he'll help us with that if we walk with him and, and, and listen to the Spirit. And, and just like these incredible women have done in their, in their lives, and, and our task is to, to live and love like her to follow in her steps. And so I want to thank you two for sharing with that and appreciate them. I want to give them a, a hand. And, uh, and thank you. Yeah. Well, great wisdom. I hope you gleaned some good things from them. Um, but thank you, ladies, for sharing. I'm going to be paying for this for a long time. Ah. Uh, but God has blessed us with some amazing, incredible women to see as examples, maybe even your mom. Uh, they are blessings from God, and we would do well to live and love like her, following in her steps as we gain a sincere faith, ignite God's gifting, and be brave. Will you pray for, with me? Father God, um, I do thank you for the godly women in my life, these two in particular, Lord, and I know... Uh, others as well have just been wonderful examples to me. And Father, I <clears throat> thank you for those women and each of us could probably share some amazing women that we want to follow them as they follow you. So thank you for that, Lord. I, I know that <clears throat> you desire for us to also be examples to others and you desire for us to not only learn from others but also to help people uh, learn as well and to come alongside them. So God, <clears throat> encourage us in that today and and thanks for mom. Uh, Lord, if there's moms are in this uh, time today, Lord, bless them, encourage them. I know, God, that there's lots of feelings we feel along motherhood. But, Lord, may we uh, seek to honor them today, but also to learn from them in great ways. Thank you, Lord. We love you and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat>